Praise God. So last week, I started talking off the back of 31 days of breakthrough. So I just want to continue talking about that this morning and talking about breakthrough and see what God wants to do. And he's already been doing a whole load of breakthrough this morning. Praise God for that. But as I said, I believe there's even more that God wants to do for some of you just to be totally set free and released uh, this morning to see some situations uh, change. We're going to talk about, I'll talk about that. So um, just a very, very quick recap of last week. I'd really encourage you to listen to it. Uh, listen to last week's if you haven't, if you weren't here. Um, you can find it on the website or on Spotify at Family Church Waterside. Um, I'd really encourage you to listen to it. But this is kind of like the, the gist of what we talked about. We talked about Mike, this, this should be on screen for you. I think Micah 2 verse 13 says this in the Amplified. It says, the breaker, as we're talking about Jesus being the breaker. It's one of the, one of the names, many names of, names of Jesus. The breaker or the Messiah who opens the way shall go up before them, liberating them. They will break out, pass through the gate and go out. So the king goes on before them, a lord at their head. So we talked about this this reality of Jesus being a breaker, like leading us into battle, just like in, in, in olden times where, where the kings would literally lead armies in, into battle. The king would be right at, the, right at the forefront, leading them in. You know, that's what Jesus does for us, a breaker. He goes before us. Amen. He, he, goes, he goes first. And he goes first because only he can do what he can do. Amen. I'm glad that Jesus goes first. <laughs> Amen. And we looked at Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, again in the Amplified. It says this, very well-known scripture. I love the way the Amplified uh, puts it. Trust in and rely confidently in the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him. And he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Amen? This is another thing that, that, that God does. As we, and key to all is trusting in him. You know, it's a big lesson to learn as a Christian, isn't it? About trusting God. And do we truly trust God? That's a big, big question. The question I ask myself sometimes on a regular basis. Do I truly trust God? Because it's one of those things, it's like, talk can be cheap, can't it? It's, it's easy to say, isn't it? Yes, oh, okay, God, I trust you through anything. But if you're going through a horrendous situation or difficult circumstance or whatever, that's when kind of the rubber hits the road, isn't it? You actually find, that's when you find out whether you truly trust God or not. And so these, these are big questions that we need to answer. Do we truly trust God? Do we believe that our lives are completely safe in his hands? That all things work together for, for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans, Romans 8 says. Do we truly believe that? Amen? And, and as we do trust him, we don't rely on our own insight or understanding. We get beyond that of our, just trying to reason everything out, thinking how do, we, how do I fix everything? And can I, you know, God wants us just to rely on him, not to try and fix everything but just to rely on him. And as we do that, he makes our path straight and smooth, he removes those obstacles that can block our way. Our life is like a journey. And I want to talk this morning about more uh, blockages and, and what we do when, when we kind of face blockages on our, on our journey, on our journey with God. Amen. So everyone ready for the word of God this morning? Yeah. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, God. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, it's, it's, it's a gift to us. Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, we thank you for all that it does. Lord, it's, it's God breathes. It's useful for correcting and training us and rebuking us and, and teaching us, Lord, and all the incredible things, Lord, that the Word of God does. And I pray you just speak into every heart and life this morning, Lord, that we will be transformed by the renewing of our minds this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. So I want to continue just talking on, on breakthrough. As I said, so John 16, verse 33, I want to look at first. Jesus' own words. He says this, I have told you, talking to his disciples and those listening, I've told you these things so that in me 
you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Now, it's one of those verses, isn't it? If you, just, if you took it in isolation, took some of the words in isolation, it's not actually very encouraging, is it? <laughs> I don't know what the disciples must have thought when Jesus was kind of halfway through the sentence. In this world, you will have trouble. Awesome. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Great stuff. That's, that's, that's so good. You know, I'm sure he encouraged the disciples to be responsive, but I don't know if they were like saying amen to that bit. Like, oh, <laughs> in this world you have trouble. Oh, okay, great. But then Jesus, as he always does, a master, what he talks about. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. Amen? And the word there, it says about, about taking, taking heart. Now, the Greek word there, um, Jesus spoke in Aramaic, but the New, the New Testament was written in Greek, so that was a common written language. So the Greek word there is tharsio, or thaseo, and it means it literally means, and I actually think it's a slightly better translation, actually, personally, but that's just me. But take heart, what it literally means is have courage or be encouraged. That's what it literally means, have courage or be encouraged. That's what the word encouragement literally means. It means put courage into someone. Encouragement, put courage in. And discourage is, is the opposite. Discourage means take Remove courage, take courage out. So discourage and encourage literally mean. So what Jesus is saying here, in this world you will have trouble, but don't, don't worry about it. Jesus said loads about worry, didn't he? Matthew, Matthew 6, Jesus' whole long spiel about as believers we should not worry because it's pointless, it's, it's fruitless, and God knows what we need anyway. It's basically a summation of Matthew 6, and we should seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all those things that we can worry about, that, Jesus, that, that God will provide them anyway. Amen? Anyway, so Jesus, Jesus talks, we can, so in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, have courage, have, have peace. He says, I've told these things so you may have peace. Be encouraged, because I have overcome the world. So there's no, you know, as God goes with us, as Jesus is on the journey with us, there's no situation that we cannot overcome in him. Aren't you glad about that? Amen. There is no situation, whatever it may be, whatever you may be facing right now, that you cannot overcome with him, because Jesus has overcome the world. Amen. It says that in the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Every, every situation, every circumstance, every, every health situation, every sickness, whatever it may be, it has to bow its name at, at the name of Jesus. Amen. So my encouragement to you this morning is that we can overcome the world and all it throws at us through Jesus. So be encouraged this morning. Whatever troubles you may, may be facing, and so often we can be discouraged, can't we? Let's literally remember what discouragement means. It's literally courage being removed from us. You kind of think, well, what, how am I going to face this? How am I going to deal with this? How do I sort this situation out? It can be so easy to get, you know, it can get, woe is me, why me, why was it me and not that person? No, these, these are the things we can really think. We just need to be honest about this stuff, don't we? This is all stuff that we can think. But what I want to say to you this morning is be encouraged. Be full of courage. Be full of hope. Be, be full of peace because Jesus has overcome the world. And that includes your circumstances. Amen? You know, fear, fear can be a huge um, you know, issue in life. And you know, courage, of course, is the complete opposite to fear. And God never wants us to operate in fear. We don't have a spirit of a fear. We have a spirit of a sound mind. That's what Scripture says. You know, our world right now and all that's happened over the last two years, is, is, our world is terrified. You've got to watch the news for five minutes. It's just fear, 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 fear. It's like, and as people, and I understand what the world is like that because they've got, because they've got no hope. But for us as us as this is the good news, isn't it? For us as believers, let's have courage in these situations. In situations that people can see that there's something different about us. That we have a hope and a sure foundation. Amen. Let's never succumb to fear. 
Be full of courage. As Jesus said in his word, you will have trouble, but take heart, have courage, be encouraged, because I have overcome the world. Amen? Amen. But this is kind of the key, I'm going to come on to the key verse now. Well, it's a few verses, key passage. This is in Mark 11, verse 12 to 24, Jesus speaking again. So it starts with a kind of account of what's happening here. So the next day, as they, as Jesus and his disciples, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went out to find out, to fi- to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. Verse 15. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not now allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations? You have made a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law, they heard this, and they began looking for a way to kill him. And the very people, who, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, the very people who should have known above everybody else who Jesus was. That was the reality, isn't it? They knew every single messianic scripture there was right throughout the Old Testament, particularly in Isaiah and, and other, other Old Testament books. They should have known exactly who Jesus was, but the very people who should have known didn't get it. The chief priests and the teachers of the law, they heard, they heard what Jesus said and they began looking for a way to kill him for, the, for they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teachings. They're basically jealousy and pride was the root of their issue. Anyway, that's a whole other uh, message in there. When evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. In the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree that we talked about in verse, um, verse 13 and 14. In the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. This is kind of the real kind of key key verse out of that passage. Loads of great truths in that. But verse 22, Jesus said, have faith in God. Okay, there's a command, isn't it? Have faith in God. Okay, right, we need to do that. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. That's an incredible scripture. It's one of those scriptures you have to just take in, just like ask God for revelation from that, like, Jesus, what, what, are you, what are you saying here? Verse 24, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask, Jesus continues, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. So Jesus is very clear here. Very clear about dealing with situations. Like he had dealt with this fig tree, and, and he wasn't just like, going, Jesus didn't go around, I don't believe, killing fig trees <laughs> for the fun of it. Just kind of for a laugh. The whole point was to make a point here, and, and to teach the disciples, and for us, 2,000 years later, to, to bring some truth out of this. So Jesus, have faith in God. If you say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, do not doubt, then it will be done for you. Whether you ask for in prayer, believe you received it, it will be yours. So what I want to talk about this morning is about, about mountains that we can face. And mountains and circumstances we, we can face, and maybe you're facing right now, but what do, we, what do we do about it? And I think Jesus lays out very clearly here what our response uh, should be. And sometimes our response isn't always the right response, and that's a, a challenge for us. But let's, let's, see what, let's see what God wants to say. You know, in, in the New Forest, we live in a lovely part of the world, don't we? Beautiful place. I grew up in the New Forest. Uh, lived there kind of all my life. Well, a few places, a few, few other places. But anyway, uh, most of my life. And um, it's a beautiful part of the world, right? But one thing about the New Forest is very, very flat, isn't it? I'm going agree. It's like one of the flattest parts of Britain, apart from probably Norfolk and that area. It's like the flattest part of Britain. Um, there's certainly no mountains around here, 
You're lucky if you can get a hill, isn't it? What we call hills. Is like, they're not hills, are they, Graham? You come from Sheffield. That's, like, that's proper hills, isn't it? Right? So we live in a very, very flat, and the whole of south of England is pretty flat, isn't it? South of London. Anyway, but obviously not all of Britain's like that. I just want to use this as an illustration. As someone we lived for, for, for a while, we lived in South Wales for, for about three years. It's very, very different. South Wales, you've got hills, valleys, mountains. And we live in Swansea, and you just go up to Swansea Valley, up to Brecon Beacons. It's, like, it's a beautiful place. Very isolated, but, but, but beautiful. Very, very different. What I want to talk is just to use an example from uh, the Lake District. Anyone been to Lake District? Yeah. I love the Lake District. I use it sometimes in my sermons. <laughs> it's a great place. And a, a beautiful place, again, some of it very, very isolated. And some of the roads in the Lake District, are, are, they're nuts. They're crazy because there's huge, huge mountains um, that you have to get through. There's two kind of uh, passes, um, what they call these, these passes through the mountains. There's two in particular. Okay, there's one called Honister Pass, which we actually did when we were in the Lake District, and there's another one called Hard Knot Pass, which is the most <laughs> crazy, which we, we didn't do. Um, I can't, last time we were there, our car had only just had a new gearbox, so I was like, oh, I don't think that's probably a good idea, a good idea to, to wreck another gearbox, because some of these roads are crazy. So I've got a picture, if you can get the first picture, that'd be great. So this, this is Hard Knot Pass in the Lake District, probably the craziest road in, in Britain, and, and it's just... I mean, stunning, don't get me wrong, stunningly beautiful, amazing, but the roads are insane. It doesn't, that doesn't really justify how steep, how steep these roads are. And, and, you know, in winter, they're almost impassable. If you could put the next uh, sign up, please. This is a sign that you kind of you see all over the Lake District around these passes. Uh, severe bends, roads suitable for cars and light vehicles, unsuitable for all vehicles in, win- in winter conditions. So basically, even you know, when it's really snowing, even tractors and stuff, just if you go up there, you're going to get stuck. <laughs> it's not going to, it's not going to end well. You're definitely going to need rescuing. So some of these roads are crazy because they're because they're roads through the mountains. It's basically the only way of getting to the other. Well, there are main roads around, it, obviously, but it's a much further way around. So some of these some of these mountains are just impossible to get through, and especially if it's wintry, you, you cannot you cannot get through them. You know, and, and that's sometimes how life can, can feel. We know that we're on a journey, but can feel that there are just mountains in, in the way. And, and, and just, uh, you know, issues that we can face, they just feel like a blockage. It's like, God, God, why is this so hard? Why is this thing just in, in the way of me? Why can I not kind of get around it or, 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 or get over it or get through this situation? And, they, you know, they can be marriage situations, they can be health situations, financial situations, job situations, all sorts of things that we can face. You know, anxiety, uh, depression, addictions, habits, all, so, all sorts of stuff that we can face. And they can be like mountains in our life, and maybe this is a reality in your life right now. But I believe that, that God wants to deal with these mountains. I, I talked last week about issues I had in my, in my past with anxiety and, and with stress and these mountains that, that God has dealt with in my life and brought me out the other side, and they've never been mountains ever again. Praise God for that. God has, God has dealt with those things once and for all, and I believe that God wants to do that like he's done in my life, wants to do that in your life. Amen? So what do we do when we face a mountain? Now, I think it's important to say this. I think it's definitely true there are times in, in life where God may just want to teach us patience. And, and just teach us patience in a situation. I don't mean God brings about bad stuff. I don't, I don't think that's correct theology. That's my, my view as a pastor. But I do believe that God will use situations in order to teach us stuff. That definitely happens. God definitely does that, right? But kind of like, that's, that's kind of a, like a message for another day, you know, what, what happens when the things don't work out exactly how you think they're going to be. That's a whole other message in itself. But, but what I do certainly believe is so often when there's mountains that we face, God does not intend for us to be held back by them. 
I think, I think sometimes as Christians, we tolerate far too much. We put up with far too much. We put up with stuff that God has no intention of us putting up with. I'm serious. Now, uh, Bill Johnson, the pastor of uh, Bethel in California, he says, Bethel Church is well known because writes a lot of worship songs somewhere around the world. He said this, he said, what you tolerate will dominate. And I heard this in a message he preached recently. It's so true. What you tolerate will dominate. If, when, when we face mountains and we tolerate them, we put up with them or we complain about them, or complain to others, complain to God or whatever we might do about them, it can start just to dominate our entire lives. It dominates our thought life. It dominates our conversations. It dominates our prayer life. You know, when mountains, when they're tolerated and you put up with, it can just can literally overwhelm us. I'm talking about anxiety and stress that we talked about just a minute ago, that they, they become massive issues and you can't sleep and you, and you, and you worry and you try and fix everything and, and it's, just, it's just not a good place to be in. And it's not a place I believe God ever wants us to get to either. What we tolerate will dominate. Mountains, when we tolerate them and kind of put up with them, they can prevent us from moving forward in our journey with God and advancing us in all that he has to do, just like that road through that pass through those, those massive mountains. God wants us to get to the other side. God wants us to advance in him, but that means the mountains be, being dealt with. Amen? Yeah. Amen. You all still with me? Yeah. Fabulous. So let's just see what Jesus said about this. It's remarkable what Jesus says. So going back to Mark 11... Verse 22, we read just a second ago. Jesus said, this is what you do if you face a mountain. Jesus wasn't talking about you know, going up some literal mountains and casting them in the sea. If you think that's what he's saying, <laughs> you've kind of missed the point. Okay? But what he's talking about is spiritual mountains that we face in life. Have faith in God, is what Jesus says. If anyone says his mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, does not doubt, believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. I mean, one of the songs we sung, it was the champion, wasn't the first song we sung this morning. It's talking about the power in, the, in, our, in our words. As I open up my mouth, that's when victory breaks out. Amen? And this is, what, this is what, exactly what Jesus was talking about here. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So firstly, Jesus says, have, so when we face mountains or maybe facing stuff right now, the best starting point, let's start with what Jesus says, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Say, God, I, I just trust you in all this. I, I know who you are, and you know, faith ultimately is believing, is believing who God is, who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do. It's ultimately what faith is. is, is knowing God, having a revelation of God, and believing he is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do. Amen? So faith is, and just and trusting God in that. So he says, have faith in God. He talks about the importance of not doubting. He says, do not doubt in your heart. You know, faith and doubt, they can, in, in the life of a Christian, because so often that can be like a conflict going on uh, in, our, in our lives. You know, like courage and, courage and fear was another one we mentioned earlier. There could be these conflicts constantly going on in our lives. And about God wants us to be victorious in each of these kind of conflicts that we face. And faith, faith and doubt is another one. You know, when you're facing these mountains, then, then, then thoughts will come into your head and sometimes they're just our own generated thoughts. Sometimes it's a devil. Sometimes it might be some negative people you hang around with. I don't, I don't know. It might be. But, but you get these thoughts and kind of, oh, yeah, but, yeah, but you don't know what happened to that person. Oh, maybe this is what. Maybe this is just kind of your lot in life. Maybe you're just going to have to deal with this. You know that you know you've been facing this mountain for, for months and, and years. This situation is never going to change. This is stuff that can the devil will whisper into us or kind of our own thought processes, and it, and it's a real issue because then it creates doubts. Amen. So Jesus talks about the importance of not doubting. You know, in the, in the book of James, he he talks about this and deals with this head, head on. 
He says, if, if we, he said, we can't be double-minded people. If we're going to pray and, and going to believe God, we can't be double-minded. I haven't got the scripture on screen for this one. But we can't be double-minded about these things. He said, if you're double-minded, because it's kind of this whole faith, kind of faith, well, am I in faith or am I in doubt? Do I truly trust God? He said, you're just like a wave of the sea. He said, you just toss back and forth. You're just here one minute and then you're there the next minute. It kind of, there's, no kind of, you know, there's no kind of foundation to who you are. Just here one and there the next. And, and God never intends us to be like that. He wants faith to be our sure foundation, to truly trust him for who he is. We believe who he says he is, and we believe he can do what he says he can do. Amen? You know, the real test of faith is when it's all you've got. I talked earlier about trusting God, and that's, that is the real test of faith. It's another thing. Again, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I have faith, and I trust you. I, I have faith in God. I have faith in God for this situation. I have faith in God. This mountain's um, you know, going to move. And then the very next day, we're, we're, totally, we're radically different. And we're like, woe is me. And you know, we're in a whole different situation again. Yeah, but when it's, when it's all you've got, that's the real test of faith. When everything, you've exhausted every other possibility of how you're going to get around the situation, that's when it's a real test of faith. Do we trust God in it all? Amen. God wants us to get beyond doubt. God wants us to be victorious in that. Praise God. So we need to have faith. Amen. Trust him. I know time's going, but don't worry about it. Don't get distracted by that. Let's focus on what God wants to do. Have faith, have faith in God. Don't doubt in your heart. Now Jesus says, believe that you have received it. So even when you pray, already believe that you have received it. That's what Jesus said, right? Believe that you have received it already. And it, will, and it will be yours. So again, about praying the prayer of faith. You know, God loves faith. God, God loves it when we respond in faith. You know, you see right throughout the, I've mentioned this many a time, but well again, you know, right throughout the Gospels, over and over and over and over and over again, Jesus made it very, very clear that people's faith is what had healed them. Jesus never said, my faith has healed you. He said, the faith of that person over there has healed you. He didn't say, the pastor's faith has healed you. It's not that guy over there. It's not that spiritual person over there. Your faith has healed you. And Jesus said that over and over and over again. It's just, that's just his reality, right? This is what happened. This is what Jesus said. So, so there is an absolute onus on us in, in how we respond to the mountain that we might be facing. And the other thing I want to draw out of this is what Jesus makes very, very clear is we need to speak to the mountain. You know, confession and what we confess is, is really, really important because it's a, it's, a, it's a demonstration of what's actually happening in our heart. Amen? You know, the Bible says about those who believe in their heart and confess with their mouth. When you become a believer, that's why, why we, we, you know, we give people opportunity to respond to the gospel. It is really important they confess it because it could, when you confess it, it's, 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 a, it's a demonstration of what's actually happening inside them. There's power in that. So when we're facing mountains or stuff that you might be facing right now, God wants you to speak. To, this is what Jesus said, right? So we need to take this literally. This is what Jesus said. We need to speak to them in faith, in trusting God, in believing God is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do. Speak to the mountain. And when we, when we do that, believe we're already received. Believe the mountain's already moved is what Jesus said. Amen? Now with Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6, that we read, that we mentioned last week, and I mentioned at the recap at the beginning, it says that God removes the obstacles that block your way. He will make, if we trust him in faith, he will make our path straight. He will remove those obstacles. That's God's plan for you. You know, there's times, many a time in my life when I've had to rise up in faith and speak to the mountain. And sometimes it's taken me a while to get to that point of view. I'm not saying there's always been an instant, like, perfect response. That isn't reality. Okay, but there's certainly been many times in my life and Wendy's life, our lives together, where we've had to speak to the mountain. We face some real difficult uh, situations, some crazy situations. 
where we had to speak to the mountain. Faith, faith, was literally, faith in God was literally all we had. There was no practical way of resolving some of the situations. We had a real difficult financial situation about 10 or so years ago and some other, one day years ago now, 15 years ago. Um, and just some other stuff that we've, we've faced. When we had to speak to the mountain. So God, we're just going to respond, I've got, I've got nothing else, God. And we literally didn't have anything else, did we? We had, we had no practical way of resolving the situation. We, had, we were jobless. We'd always worked full time. We were jobless. It was, yeah, things, things, were, things were tough. Our marriage was, was great. I don't mean that tough in that sense. Okay, but the circumstances were really tough uh, drawing it all. And we just, just, like, God, we're just going to have to trust you. Just trust you in this. Just, just teach us to trust you every single day. Amen. We don't want to have anxious, we don't want to be stressed, we don't want to stay up all night, we just don't, don't want to worry about it, we just, we just want to trust you in it all. But you have to speak to the mountain and, and declare to the mountain, say, mountain, be moved in Jesus' name. Amen? You know, we need to speak to the mountain, not speak about the mountain. Again, here's another big here's another conf- conflict here. We talk about courage versus fear, doubt versus, doubt versus faith. Here's another one, speaking to the mountain versus speaking about the mountain. You know, too often as, too often as Christians... Um, you know, we, 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 we get so focused on, on the actual issue. Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, it's absolutely fine to ask for, ask for your, to speak about it with your friends because you want them to stand with you in prayer. I don't mean you can't ever mention it. Okay, that would be a bit odd. Okay, and absolutely we should pray about it. Okay, but what, I, what I'm saying is that sometimes rather than speaking to the mountain, we could just be so focused. We're just speaking about the mountain and we get into a kind of that woe is me type scenario when we're talking to everyone about it. Oh, you don't know all this, this difficult stuff. I'm doing. We stick it on Facebook. I mean, all this terrible stuff I'm dealing with, if you knew what I'm going through. And the only reason we stick it on Facebook is because we're after sympathy. Come on, let's be real about this stuff. This is why people do it. I see it every, every day of the week. This is what people do, whether they're Christians or, or not Christians. You see it all the time. When people stick it on the internet because they just want because they want sympathy to feel people feel sorry for them. It's not going to resolve anything, is it? Right. So speak to the mountain. That's challenging stuff. <laughs> if some people are quiet, anyway. But we need to speak to the mountain, but not speak about the mountain. Amen. You know, in, in the workplace, um, you may have heard this in, in your workplace. We talk about um, being. Um, this is true in all different workplaces, whether it's Christian or secular. We talk about being uh, solution-focused and not problem-focused. Anyone, anyone heard that? Yeah. And this is a really important thing to learn if you're an employee <laughs> to, to learn this. And uh, managers are pretty... I know not all managers are always amazing. <laughs> Some of them have their issues. But good managers, this is what they, that's what they talk about. Because there's no point as an employee just, just focusing on all the, all the problems. Well, there's this problem, this problem, this problem, this, this problem, this problem. It's like, and then just moaning to your manager about it. It's like, yeah, but what are these solutions... Now, obviously, the managers need to find solutions sometimes because it's only things that only they could resolve. But, but you get my point. We need to be solution-focused and not problem-focused. And so often as Christians, that can, can be our reality. Is, is we, we just get so focused on the problem. And God's like, I've given you solution. What more do you want me to do? I've told you. Here it is in reality. It, Jesus said, I've told you what you need to do. You need to speak to the mountain. You need to rise up in faith and to speak to the mountain. But we get so uh, kind of self-obsessed about the issue that we're facing. You know, when we speak about it and speak about it with, with others in, in, kind of in a negative sense, not because we're asking them to pray because we just want them to feel sorry for us or whatever, or just because we're so problem-focused, it just it then dominates our thought life. And, and, and our focus is, is completely on the problem. Our focus is completely removed from the solution. The solution is Jesus. Amen. And what only Jesus can do. Amen. Now, remember, as we speak to the mountain of faith, is God moving the mountain. It's not us. We can't do anything in our own strength. It's all because of what Jesus does. But there is an onus on us and how we respond. Psalm 97 verse 5 says this, The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. So when God deals with mountains, it's God dealing with it, right? It's not, it's not us dealing with it. 
It's God, it's God kind of uh, doing the heavy lifting, as people say. It's God doing the heavy lifting. It's God actually dealing with the issue. But our response is still key in it all. It's our choice of how to respond to the mountains that we face, whether to confront it in faith or to just tolerate it. Amen? You know, maybe you've had a, a negative report in terms of some a health situation that you're facing. And don't get me wrong, doctors are great. Doctors are highly skilled. We've got a great free health service and all those kind of things are brilliant. But if it's, they've given you a negative report, what, what do we believe in that situation? So that's a great example. What do we believe? Are we going to believe what a doctor has said? And that's the facts as they see them. I get that. Absolutely. Are we going to tolerate it? We're going to say, God, I don't believe this is, this is what you want for me. You know, that's to, that's, see what I mean? Then that, there's the two responses. You can be problem-focused or you can be solution-focused. And the solution is Jesus and me speaking to the mountain and seeing those mountains moved. But too often we, we tolerate stuff that God does not want us to tolerate. Amen? God, he, God loves faith. And he responds, he responds to faith. He loves it when we, when we just trust him. Faith is what gets God's attention. You know, in, in a couple of weeks, we've been doing a time of prayer and fasting. Fasting is another thing that gets God's attention. There's nothing magical about giving up, giving up food. You, know, you can't twist God's arm as if, <laughs> as if God's arm could even be twisted. right? God, God, God is sovereign. He can do what, it, what he likes. He doesn't have to justify anything he does do or anything he doesn't do. Right? Everyone agree? That's a basic, basic theology, but that's reality. God doesn't have to justify anything he does do and anything he doesn't do. You can't, twi- you can't twist God's arm about anything. So fasting doesn't twist God's arm in any way. But what it does do is, it, I believe, it gets his attention. It shows God that you're taking stuff seriously. That God, I'm intentionally giving stuff up that I want, that my soul wants, in order to focus on you and to pray. Amen? Praise God. So let's, let's respond in, in faith. Let's be people who completely trust God, let's speak to our mountain. I'm going to ask the worship team to get up and to lead us in a song, song Waymaker. It's a great faith-building faith building song. And I just want to say some stuff off the back of this because I believe that, that God wants some of your mountains to move this morning. We've already had a great time of prayer and God's already been doing stuff and I think it's just key to the whole service. God just wants to change some situations this morning. And then after that, we're going to, we're going to speak to the mountains. The mountains you're facing, we're going to literally speak to them. I'm going to encourage you to do that. But let's let our faith be built as we sing this about Jesus being the way maker. He's the miracle worker. Only God can change a situation. We have to respond in faith, but it's only God that can change it. Amen? And those things that we're facing, let's see those mountains shifted. Amen? Maybe it's something you've been facing for months, if not years. But God still wants to see those situations change. Amen. Thank you, team. just continue to just play that quietly you know, so maybe you're facing some mountains in your life right now you know, it could be a health situation it could be a financial situation it could be an issue in, in your marriage it could be a job situation it could be those in your and you could believe in for household salvation for, for children and spouses or those who have gone away from god for, for the return of the prodigals 
But there's so many situations. It could be just things where you just need to see God move. It's where you just need to see situations change. These mountains that you face. It could be anxiety. It could be stress. It could be a sin. It could be a, it could be a habit. It could be an addiction. It could be a, a sin that you feel that you can never be. And it feels like over and over again, you have to confess it. And of course, God will forgive you every time. But it feels like you just can't beat it. And you can't deal with it. God wants to see those mountains moved. In Jesus' name. Whatever those things are, there are obstacles in your life and are stopping you moving forward in the way God wants you to move God, move forward in Him. He wants to see those mountains move once and for all. But the onus is on God will do the moving and the heavy lifting, but the onus is on us and how we respond. So I'd encourage you now to all just to stand, to rise up in faith, to raise your hands up to God right now. And and speak to that mountain and declare what those things are, whether it be habits, addictions health situation, financial situation, name name those mountains. And there may be a whole load and there may be more than one and there may be a whole list that you've got. I'd encourage you now just to name those mountains. So mountains be gone in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus, we're doing what you told us to do, which is to speak to the mountain. And you said if we do that and rise up in faith, those mountains will be cast into the sea, into the, sea the sea where they can never return and they can never come back. And, and that issue is gone, it's dead, and, and it's buried and, and dealt with by you, oh God. Lord, we say, Lord, that we trust you. We, Lord, we believe that you are who you say you are. We believe you can only you can do what you say you can do. We believe you are the way maker and the miracle worker. There is nothing you cannot do. You can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask or imagine. Lord, we trust you, Lord, and we believe you. Lord, in these mountains, we speak to them and say, be gone in Jesus' name. Be dealt with, be cast into the sea in the mighty name of Jesus. Deal with these things once and for all. May there be issues no longer in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, you're a wonderful God. You're a wonderful God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we just be a congregation, Lord, that just live in victory. Not not some kind of self-generated forced victory we're trying to cause ourselves, but, Lord, it's victory through you. Lord, that we're in the battle between courage and fear. Lord, that we will be courageous in you. That we will take heart. Even this world may have trouble, we take heart because you have overcome the world. In the battle between faith and doubt, Lord, we say we will rise up in faith and not give in to the doubt. In In the battle between focusing on our problems or focusing on the solution which is you Lord we choose to focus on you Lord to win that battle oh Jesus Lord I pray we'll be a battle winning church for you thank you Jesus thank you Jesus just as time is going I just want to close I just say just a final prayer and just give anyone who's here this morning just an opportunity just to respond to the gospel maybe you don't yet know God or or God is in your life you wouldn't call yourself a Christian but what I want to say to you the great news is is that you can become a Christian this morning and you haven't got to do anything difficult in order to do that. Jesus did all the difficult stuff. We just have to res- talk a lot about faith this morning. We've just got to respond in faith. And that just means just you saying in your heart, Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are. And you know, the Bible says that 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to earth as a baby. We just celebrated that at Christmas. And, and then 30 years later, or 33 years later, after three years of ministry, he, he, he died on a cross. And he wasn't some kind of martyr. It wasn't that things had gone wrong. His whole plan and intention had been to die on that cross. To take the weight of sin upon him. To deal with that once and for all. To deal with that barrier. To deal with the, and that, that was a mountain. A mountain that, that, that was a barrier between God and man. And Jesus took that mountain of sin. That mountain of uh, the whole, uh, that obstacle 
that barrier between us and the Father, Jesus took that mountain upon himself and he dealt with it once and for all on the cross. And he did that for you and he did that for me. And you can know Jesus this morning and you just got to say, Jesus, I accept it. I accept who you are. I accept what you did for me. I want you in my life. And you can know all your sins to be forgiven and to wash clean and for, for you to journey with God. Let's all just pray this together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For the mountains that you have dealt with. The mountains that you have dealt with. You dealt with the mountain of my sin upon the cross. You dealt with the mountain of my sin upon the cross. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me. To wash me new. To wash me new. To come into my life. To come into my life. I want to live for you. I want to live for you. I want to know the promise of eternal life. I want to know the promise of eternal life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. If anyone's prayed that prayer this morning, you've never prayed a prayer like that before, maybe you're just getting some things just right with God again this morning, I just encourage you just to put your hand up and say, yeah, that's me, I've prayed that this morning. Because we'd, we'd just love just to see um, if you respond just so we can chat and pray with you after anyone this morning. Don't miss your opportunity. Thank you, God. God, you're a miracle-working God. Thank you, Lord. You can deal with any mountain we face. Lord, we choose to be a victorious congregation. Praise Amen. you, Lord God. Praise you, Lord God. Thank you for every victory, every breakthrough, Lord God. And even if the mountain doesn't instantly move, Lord, we say, Lord, we will trust you in it. Lord, we continue to speak to the mountains. Lord, we will never, we will never give up. We will continue to trust you and to respond in faith in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 God is good. Praise God. It's good morning.